poverty is bad resource management with these statements let me start a new message for this week i am professor jacob abraham from naftali tribe roko and teachers for the seven kochi india the title of our message for this week is the importance of resource management in this message we are discussing the importance of resource management in creating and sustaining wealth we are not discussing resource management in a corporate firm or in any other company every person has sufficient resources for reaching the summit of success we have freedom to choose a clever resource management and succeed or to choose a poor resource management and fail in our life for illustration uh, of this argument uh, i am taking a slice from the history of the middle east with a reference to a verse in the bible uh, let me start the message by reading a bible verse from proverbs chapter 27 verse 23 and 24 be sure you know the condition of your flocks give careful attention to your herds for riches do not enter forever and a crown is not secure for all generations now the, the bible says that you should give attention to your flocks and to your herds so it was a society Uh, where uh, flocks, sheep, uh, where uh, so resources for creating and sustaining wealth, and the reason for uh, giving a special care to our flock is also uh, mentioned in the verse as for crown is not secure for all generations. That means that wealth may come and wealth may go. Wealth is something that transfers from one person to another. So we cannot create anything and we cannot destroy anything in this world. That theory induces wealth also. Wealth in this world cannot be created and cannot be destroyed. Wealth only transfers from one person to another person. or from one social group to another social group or from one country to another country transfer of wealth is done by clever management of resources so to create wealth we have to do two things one ask the transfer of wealth from us to another person second one transfer wealth from another person to us let me repeat that for creating and sustaining wealth we have to do two things one ask the transfer of wealth from us to another person and second transfer wealth from another person to us resources are a real wealth a clever management of resources creates wealth and unwise resource management spoils wealth and this is the theory we want to explain in this message resource itself do not offer any service managing the resource create wealth 
four nations or four states. One is Tyre and the second is Sidon. And Tyre and Sidon were two important rich cities in Phoenician civilization. And Phoenician civilization included two more states, Biblos and Baalbek. They were important spiritual or religious centers of the Tyre. Now, Phoenician civilization is very famous for the use of alphabets. The Phoenician alphabet is generally held to be the ancestor of all modern alphabets. They spoke Phoenician, a Semitic language of the Canaanite subgroup. Let us start with the Sidon. Though we have, we are, we are learning about Tyre, uh, let us start with the Sidon because Tyre uh, was the daughter state of the daughter city of Sidon. Now Sidon. Uh, is, is uh, uh, pronounced in uh, Arabic as Saida. Now Saida is a seaport in southwestern Lebanon. It was located on the site of a city founded in the third millennium BC. It was the principal city of Phoenicia from the second millennium BC. It was the parent city of Tyre. Tyre was actually a daughter city that came out from uh, from Sidon or, or, or an auto city that was supported and became prosperous uh, by the support of Sidon. Now Sidon means a fishing station and at first Sidon was a fishing station. Now I have already mentioned that Tyre was an auto city of Sidon. The Tyre in Hebrew is Su, meaning rock. In Arabic it is Su. Tyre, an ancient wealthy city situated upon the sea on the mainland on the coast of Syria. It was a major Phoenician port from 2000 BC through Roman times. It was built through 1760 years before Christ. Later it was known for its second garments and Tyrian purple dye. It was founded as a colony of Sidon. It was first mentioned in the 14th century BC. The merchants of Sidon, who traded at sea, had at first replenished and made prosperous the city Tyre. But the daughter Tyre had outgrown the mother in wealth and became much richer and later became an independent city. The city of Tyre is frequently mentioned in the Bible. On coins, Tyre is called the metropolis of the Sidon. Now, Tyre was a celebrated emporium of trade. It remained for many ages one of the most celebrated cities for trade and merchandise in those parts of the world. Now, there were two cities of this of this name, and please note that there were two cities of this name, one on the continent and another on an island half a mile away from uh, the mainland, half a mile away in the sea from the mainland. Now Isaiah 23.2 is about the city on the island, and now we are focusing on the city um, on the islands. 
Now Isaiah chapter 23 verse 2 as we read before says be silent you people of the island and you merchants of Sidon whom the sea fellows have embraced the city on the island was about 4 miles in circumference all the time resisted Nebuchadnezzar for 13 years now we are learning something about um, the old town the city on the mainland and how the city on the island was uh, created now all the time the city on the mainland were, was attacked by uh, Nebuchadnezzar for 13 years and they resisted the attack of Nebuchadnezzar then the inhabitants uh, so to speak carried the whole city to the above mentioned island half a mile into the sea in 573 bc when nebuchadnezzar came again to attack the tyre he conquered it but he found the city empty and desolate the king nebuchadnezzar was frustrated he thought of attacking and conquering the city on the island but since it was uh, away from the mainland he went back to his home and the new city came under attack uh, from alexander the great alexander the great tried to conquer it for seven months and asked them to uh, surrender but they resisted alexander the great then he he built an artificial bridge from the mainland to the island city and attacked the city from the water as well as from the uh, artificial bridge he made but he did not destroy the city totally in ad 1289 the city was totally destroyed by the sultan of egypt now the city contains only a few huts this desolation was foretold by the prophet isaiah as we said before and by ezekiel 1900 years before it took place tyre ruins were designated as a unesco world heritage site in 1984 now tyre became rich not by producing anything in their in their own country but by trading with the, the, the neighboring Arab nation Egypt Egypt helped Tyre to become much prosperous Sinai uh, as mentioned in the bible is the uh, nine river of Egypt by the river and the ocean in which it ran the Egyptians traded with the Tyre Tyre stood simply as a middleman in between Egypt and other nations we may call it uh, in the modern times a free port or a, a free market area in isaiah 23 verse 3 we read about it on the great waters came the grain of cyrus the harvest of the nile was the revenue of tyre and she became the market place of the nations tradesmen of tyre traded in all products of the egyptian soil those were the harvests of the river nile owing to the overflowing of uh, the, the river uh, nile in egypt she had become the marketplace of all nations every known nation 
when they especially at certain times of the year when there was a general get together of merchants we have understood that tyre was a wealthy nation and tyre did nothing produced nothing it simply stood as a middleman in Egypt and other nations and made all the wealth it means tyre managed the resource very well and became a wealthy nation Now let us go to the upper land, Egypt. The Greek historian Herodotus wrote that Egypt was the gift of the Nile. River Nile played a crucial role in the development of Egyptian civilization. Silt deposited from the Nile made the surrounding land fertile because the river overflowed its banks annually. The ancient Egyptians cultivated and traded wheat, flax, papyrus, and other crops around the Nile. Wheat was a crucial crop in the famine plagued Middle East. So Egypt became rich because of the river Nile, because they utilized, they managed their resource, that is the river Nile, very well. And out of the river Nile, out of the sea, the possession of the river Nile, they produced uh, agricultural products and other products and became very rich. Then let us think about the river Nile. Now, the river Nile is the longest in the world, stretching for 4,187 miles. The Nile flows from south to north. It is formed by three major tributaries, the White Nile, the Blue Nile, and the Adgara River. And this is very important for us. The uh, river Nile had three major tributaries, the White Nile, the Blue Nile, and the Adgara River. And the White Nile starts in the Great Lakes region of Central Africa. Then about other two tributaries, the Adgara River originates in Ethiopia. The Blue Nile has its source also from the high lands of the country Ethiopia. The erosion and transportation of silt occurs during the Ethiopian rainy season in the summer. The melting snow caused the annual summer flood of the Nile that the Egyptians depended on for water to irrigate their crops. Now note what I am going to tell you next. 90% of the water in the river and 96% of the transported sediment carried by the Nile originates in Ethiopia. 59% of the water comes from the Blue Nile and Blue Nile also originates in Ethiopia. The main part of the, the River Nile and the silt that was deposited uh, on the banks of the Nile actually came from Ethiopia. Ethiopia is the original land. But Ethiopia was not the richest country. Now let us go to Ethiopia and learn about Ethiopia a bit. Ethiopia by African standards was a potentially wealthy country. It has fertile soil and good rainfall over large regions. Farmers produced a variety of grains including wheat, corn and millet. Coffee also grew well on but what went wrong is that they failed to manage their resources better than Egypt or Thailand. Despite its many riches, 
Ethiopia never became a great trading nation. Because Ethiopians, they despise the traders, preferring instead to emulate or to imitate the country's values and priests. So Greek, Armenian and Arab traders went there and they stood as economic intermediaries between Ethiopia and the outside world and they made a lot of wealth. In this wealth creation cycle, three countries and one resource are involved. The three countries are Ethiopia, Egypt and Tyre and one resource is River Nile. The water and the sea actually belongs to Ethiopians, but they were not the wealthiest nation of the region. Egypt was wealthier than Ethiopia, and Tyre was the wealthiest uh, among the three. Egypt became wealthy by managing the resources transferred to them from Ethiopia. Tyre further managed the resources they got from Ethiopia and Egypt and became the richest nation. Tyre did not do anything but trade on Egypt that came by the river Nile. Though Ethiopia is the source of the resource, they despise the tradesmen and failed to manage the resource well. Tyre managed what came by them to the best benefit of them. Tyre simply stood as middlemen and made wealth. So the message is very clear now. The message is that those who manage their resources well become wealthy. Those who fail to manage their resources cleverly is impoverished. We are going back to the first statement that we, that we said. Poverty is bad resource management. Before concluding this message, let me tell you the story of Gazelle and a lion from Africa. Gazelle is a medium-sized antelope found in Africa and in Asia as far east as Mongolia. There are some 90 different species of Gazelle. These gazing antelopes live in herds which can consist of as few as 10 or as many as several hundred animals. Gazelles typically frequent wide open spaces and plains where they browse on grasses, shoots, and leaves. Open plains make them visible to predators like cheetahs or wild dogs, but gazelles are fleet on foot. Gazelles can run fast and they are known as swift animals. Some are able to run at best as high as 16 miles per hour or 97 kilometers per hour or run at a sustained speed of 13 miles per hour or 48 kilometers per hour. Let us go a bit more deep into the story of Gazelle and the lion. Gazelles are often chased by lions as their prey, especially because gazelles come for food in open areas to eat grasses and tender shoots. Gazelle can run very fast and can escape from a lion, and a lion is strong enough to jump upon a slow gazelle and kill it. Let's go to the store. Every morning in Africa, when the sun rises, 
exile aways knowing it must outrun the fastest liar or be hunted to death so it prays to god to save it from the chasing liar but when the sun rises a liar aways knowing it must outrun the slowest gazelle or starve to death so it prays to god for a gazelle as its food whose prayer will god answer now take a minute to think whose prayer god will answer the gazelle is praying to god to help it to escape from a hunting lion and the lion is praying to god for food to get a gazelle as food otherwise it will die whose prayer will god answer now my answer to the question is that god will answer none of them why because god has already given each of them the power to sustain them it is up to them to use the power or die god has given each of us enough resources to lead a successful life we are free to make a choice either to manage them well and succeed or fail so let us manage our resources well and succeed thank you